When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Irioki. Join me and my friends as we explore the darker side of the Sooner State. All right, here we go. I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Irioki. And I'm here today with one of my very favorite guests that's ever on the show, Johnetta <laughs> Rhodes. And we have another special guest, David Rhodes, her husband. So say hi, Dave. Hi, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so Dave, actually, uh, you listen to the podcast and you've been kind of preparing for this specific yeah. episode over the quarantine period, kind of like yep. doing some digging and stuff. Yeah, you know, quick Google search, and then I was like, hey. Yeah, this sounds like fun. So today we're actually going to talk about something that has been mentioned on the podcast before. I believe that Jeff Provine talked a little bit about Griffin uh, when he was on the first time, maybe. And we're going to be talking in-depth about the history of Griffin Memorial Hospital in Norman, Oklahoma. So anybody who grew up around Norman or in Norman, um, I'm sure heard stories about Griffin, because I did, and I grew up in Moore. Yeah, like, I was going to say, uh, at Moore High School, I remember hearing about oh, yeah. Griffin Memorial. Yeah, absolutely. people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like this scary kind of like, you knew that people still went there, and it was kind of like this scary kind of... When did they close? I think they still use some of the facility. Okay. I'm not sure when the big buildings, like... Because I'm pretty sure that while we were in high school, there was this crazy girl... Uh, okay, crazy i use that word loosely Mm -hmm. girl who um she said she went to griffin like she got locked up and i was like i thought that place was fucking closed i'm pretty sure like i i know that they still use it because like they still do like medical residencies there and like psychiatric residencies they can go there and oh yeah do stuff like that so yeah but but yeah um anyway so we're gonna be talking about griffin and uh first things first let's dive into some of the history of the hospital um so i didn't know this in the late 1800s the building the facility actually opened as a school for women called the highgate academy i think he told me that uh, yeah did yeah. you okay okay yeah the highgate academy which like i i thought that was really cool but it they tried to compete with the university of oklahoma and i think at the time like it just didn't work out it didn't work out there weren't enough women going to school and just population wise it was not feasible right um but anyway so like you do with a school when it didn't work out it was sold and who was it sold to the university wasn't it no it was sold to the oklahoma sanitarium company oh. which that name to me is kind of terrifying that it's a sanitarium company yeah like that's yeah. like that's what you decided to go into yeah. business doing and that was that was 1895 and it became the first mental health facility in oklahoma so like 
it goes back. I wonder what they did with them before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my god. I mean, what do we do with them now? You yeah, know what I mean? I, I've got stories that I can tell on this episode about being in a mental hospital that I, I actually put it in the outline because I've got some horror stories about Marty's like, been on the inside. Yes, from 2012 horror stories. Like this is not 1895 <laughs> horror stories. It's not like we've gotten much better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Be I mean, in some ways, yes. In some ways, oh my god, it's still it's such it's, still pretty it's horrible. Awful, yeah. yeah. Um. So according to the Oklahoma Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services, patients requiring mental health care in Oklahoma prior to the existence of Griffin, they put them on a train to Illinois. Like they basically just shipped them off. Yes. Like they were like, we don't want to deal with this. Like, no, we're not, we're not dealing with it. And yeah. So they sent them to Illinois and that ended up being like super expensive. And so like then, yeah, yeah. so that was super expensive. And then they got like the thing going on at, uh, the Oklahoma Sanitarium Company, they got this hospital started and there were iron gates at the entrance to the facility that read Norman Institute for Violently Mentally Insane. Go ahead. Say you can you can say you whatever can you say want. Whatever yeah, you, want. you say whatever I you mean, want. Th- yeah. That says it all right there. Yeah, I know. And like it was like rolling up to Rose Red. OK, oh, That's yeah, what it, I'm thinking. Like. I immediately thought of like American Horror Story Asylum. Oh, that's the best season, too, by the way. So, it is a really good season. So, on those gates, what I thought was really cool, though, is in 1899, this is before the turn of the century, a psychiatrist from North Carolina named David W. Griffin was hired by the sanitarium, and as soon as he got there, one of his first actions, he actually himself chiseled off the word insane. He did not let anyone use the word crazy that worked in the hospital. Well, that goes to show everybody named David, it's awesome that's right that's right exactly yeah i totally i thought that was a super awesome detail like that's that's, really cool because you know especially considering that like the time yeah the times yeah he was like hey man that is it's not not cool cool to say that that exactly yeah even um my therapist doesn't even let me say crazy like i'm not allowed sorry marnie's therapist no 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 it's okay it's okay like i that's actually why i always say that's wild (laughs) because i always i'm always trying to be conscious of like Cause I know for me, like back when I was super sick, like anytime someone said the word crazy, I would, it was like a trigger for me. Right. And I'd be like, Oh, you want to see crazy? Like, you, <laughs> you know, want to like, see crazy? Yeah, exactly. I'll like show you. I just exactly. you said that's wild because you were from the nineties. Oh yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. I could have gone, I could have gone with that. Everything yeah. was wild back <laughs> yes, then. Yes, exactly. It was, it was, we were wild and out. <laughs> I saw, I saw a meme the other day that said, uh, it was like, it's 2006. You just downloaded Laffy Taffy on LimeWire um, you're rearranging your top eight on MySpace, and you found the perfect uh, background HTML code for a background on there. Mm-hmm. And it was like, life was good. What a time to be alive. <laughs> Kids will never understand the struggle of LimeWire and your computer getting a, a porn virus. Oh, my God. No. Every time you downloaded something, it was like you literally felt like you were taking a chance. Yeah, your computer was going to get an STD. And like, and imagine you're... doing that for the song Laffy Taffy. <laughs> oh my God. Like, imagine you right? compromised your, you know, like, gateway. Can, yeah. Gateway and, 2000. And, like, it was probably a really shitty... Um, like, bootleg? Bootleg. Oh, yeah. That had, like, 
uh, a little bit of someone DJing. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. It was someone holding a microphone up to a boombox. Exactly. I remember one time I downloaded a movie and it was like someone just sitting in the theater. (laughs) They took a camera and they were recording it. Yeah. Oh, Oh, my God. But yeah, so David W. Griffin, like, I, I feel like in some ways he was really ahead of his time. And then in some ways it was kind of like, he was definitely of his time. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, he didn't like the term insane. He often stressed to the public that Oklahomans with mental illnesses and substance use disorders could find recovery if given proper care. He forbid anyone in the hospital from using the word crazy. This is from News Okay. Okay. And the two most common mental illnesses at the hospital were schizophrenia and manic depression, now called bipolar disorder. Um, many of the early patients came to the hospital for alcohol abuse or venereal diseases that caused their mental health to decline, i.e. syphilis, goes untreated, yeah. you go crazy. <laughs> I like, was going to say, yeah. like, the, the syphilis where your brain melts, yes. you know? Which yeah. is what happened to uh, Al Capone, I believe. Yeah, I think it happened to him, and I'm pretty sure it happened to some, well, probably like more than one uh, royal prince uh, And I think it happened when. to a composer, too. I think it might have been Beethoven. Maybe. Or of his time, kind of. Beethoven was the rock star of his time, Mm -hmm. so he was, like, boning all high society ladies and catching all kinds of imperial diseases, I'm sure. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. But, yeah, so Griffin became the superintendent in 1902, and he held that position until 1950. Um, Damn. The facility, which was known as the Central State Hospital, had a name change in 1953 to Griffin Memorial Hospital. Um, Okay. So now we're going to talk about one of the events that I think gives it's where a lot of the urban legend slash ghost stories come from i think is that the mass grave yes okay so it's the fire yeah. of 1918 we've got we've got some stories about the mass i'm grave. super excited i'm super excited so there's a website called asylumprojects.org where i guess they kind of like uh catalog and it's sort of like abandoned places but it's just asylums like okay. uh, i can't think of the name of the really famous one waverly hills sanatorium Mm -hmm. which i think was actually for like tv and stuff maybe not mental illness so much but anyway um so according to asylumprojects.org uh the fire of 1918 the night watchman smelled smoke in the linen room of the oklahoma state hospital ward 14 at 3 45 a.m on a spring saturday morning in 1918 he quickly sounded the steam whistle at the hospital's power plant to wake the sleeping patients nurses ward watchmen and other employees fought the fire with handheld extinguishers and a one host stream uh, night shift attendants bravely began trying to evacuate the men and boys from the ward and the sleeping room above them. Dr. D.W. Griffin was on the scene within minutes organizing rescuers. Um, the south wind was blowing fire debris and quickly caught the dining room on fire. Flames Damn. caught ward 13 and 16 on fire, but all 88 patients were safely evacuated and the flames beaten back. In all, about a thousand patients were housed in the sanitarium that spring. Some of the patients were violent, and the fire excited them even more, making the rescue more difficult. Mm -hmm. A few were confused and ran back into the buildings. Sitting on the grounds, the attendants wrapped the patients with blankets and took a head count. 38 men and boys out of 48 patients in Ward 14 were dead, mostly smothered in their beds. It is believed to be the highest number of deaths in a single Oklahoma fire, just outdistancing the 36 killed in the Babs Switch school fire on Christmas Eve in 1924. Jesus. So, yeah. So, 40 people, 40 men died um and from the oklahoman so this is where that mass grave situation comes in because i think that's the story most people have heard about griffin is that the is one that, you knew 
Yeah, that's the, the one. The I mass do. grave. So, um, from the Oklahoman, at the northeast corner of the property is Central State Hospital Rock Creek Road Cemetery, cemetery with rows of small concrete pads marking graves of many patients. In another nearby cemetery is a communal grave containing remains of the 36 of 37 people who died at the in the fire at the hospital in 1918, according to news reports of the time. But the grave has yet to be located. That was from 2011, an article by David Zizzo. Um, 2014 they located it that's what he told me yes yeah Yeah. Yeah. he was like no they found it and Mm -hmm. i was like yeah i i read that they found it yes yes so So 2011 they were still not sure they knew that there was a mass grave but they were like we don't really cemetery is it in iwof okay in norman that's the one i went to yes yes so yeah that's the one where david got haunted and got a little haunted it was it was really yeah a little haunted i I, that story was really good y'all will have to tell that here here in a minute um so i thought it was uh interesting like this reminded me of something a story that i had heard about um you remember that story i told you about the girl who was killed by the white supremacist guy and she was buried in a backyard yeah in in norman Norman. yeah okay so sometimes how would you like to live in that house so whenever yeah so and they were showing that house like yeah, with I her in the backyard just bought yeah. it and then yes. they dug it up yeah, like, oh, yeah that's crazy yeah it was crazy <laughs> yeah so anyway uh one of the things whenever they were excavating the shallow grave they had the university of oklahoma archaeology department do it so oh. it was a shallow grave yes yes oh. so basically it was in the backyard and the guy had buried her next to the gate that led like out to the street mm-hmm. and it was shallow and he put on top of it like a piece of plywood right so it just looked like this area of the yard that had a piece of plywood on it and then there were like uh children's toys and stuff like scattered around so it looked you know that's yeah a, that's what i do in my backyard yeah piece of plywood yeah yeah over the dead body it's fine it's It's fine fine. it's fine yeah but uh so yeah it's 2014 they were able to locate the grave accurately or as accurately as they feel they can according to docs dr scott hammerstedt with the oklahoma archaeological survey and Mm. i believe that the way they did that was like what you see on tv when they do like the uh the like in jurassic park like where they do this, or like in bones yeah they do like the sound blast and they yeah. see what's yeah. what's under yeah. the under the earth yeah. yeah they have like those things the too. the ground penetrating radar. yes ground yeah. penetrating radar that's what yeah. it is yeah david's smart he knows all that shit i don't yeah. know any of that i'm yeah. just like yeah that thing i see it on on the investigative discovery I'm not that smart documentaries <laughs> <laughs> no so after they located the grave this is something i thought was really cool they actually did hold a funeral service um mm-hmm. According to the Oklahoman, mental health officials gathered and attended the service for the 40 people that perished in the fire. Um, And in the article, they did talk about the fact that putting them into a mass grave absolutely reflected the way that people viewed others with mental illness at the time, Mm -hmm. like completely expendable and um like they're not even like they not human have, yeah, yeah like the kind of nameless exactly they, they didn't even have names on them did they on the grave i don't think so at that, that not at that time no now there is actually a uh, monument that has uh the dates of the fire i think and then on the back i believe that every person i need to go find it every person's name who perished in the fire is on the back i believe i'm not going back there oh my gosh <laughs> so what what happened when y'all went there david you want to tell the story so we were looking at uh I guess a little mausoleum mm-hmm. thing. There are a bunch of those at that cemetery. Yeah. Well, there's well, two. Okay, there was two specific ones that were just, okay. uh, they were red brick on the outside, mm-hmm. and then they had, like, a metal door with bars, mm-hmm. uh, 
like a little. Uh, Almost like a cell. Like a one foot by six inch uh, opening with bars in front of it that you yeah. can see into. So John Etta goes, well, let's go, you know, point the camera in there and take some pictures. Yeah, see what you can see. And yep. the first one was fine. Mm-hmm. And we go over to the second one, which uh, had some overgrowth on it. Mm-hmm. Ivy. Some ivy overgrowth. Which Skinned. made it look really cool first. Yeah, one. yeah, I got a really then, cool picture. Uh, on the inside, it was a lot darker, so we couldn't really see. And the camera uh, had a card read error when she started taking pictures. And I go, "Well, that's weird." So I, I take it and I start messing with it. Take, you know, take the card yeah. out, put it back in. Yeah, it's fine. I go and I take a picture of the door. All right, it's working. And I go. And I take a picture, I, I put the lens in there, yeah. snap a picture, and I hear a, a thud, like, almost like... Like that, wow. Well, it wasn't really that? like yeah. that. It was something more like metal expanding, kind of, like, uh-huh. a, like a pop. pop. Yeah. I right. heard it, okay, I was like, how many how many feet would you say I was you from you? You were probably about 10 feet behind me, taking more of a bigger yeah, picture Yeah, I was of picking, it. taking like a wider picture like of the, of the ivy on the side, yeah. and I heard it. Like I was standing there and it just, it sounded like a smack against the door. Yeah. It sounded like somebody taking their hand, like palm and, and just slapping the door. The metal door. Oh, God. And David oh. like but jumped back. And I, I jumped back and I go, okay, I'm done. No, he, and goes, he goes, did you hear that? Yeah. Cause you asked me first. He was yeah, like, did you hear that? Yeah, I had to make sure I wasn't just losing it. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, what was that? And he goes, nope, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I am officially nope, done. done. Oh my God. Anyways, and, oh, the the part that gets me is uh, I look at the picture on the camera and it's just white. Mm-hmm. The one that he took right it's before just completely white. The thing hit That's it. That's weird. It's just yeah. white. It took a picture, but there's nothing there. That's weird. Nothing. That's super. And like you showed me one of the pictures inside. It looked like was this a different uh, mausoleum? No, 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 no. This was same the same one. one. Same one. It looked like there was like a. Co- a coffin not like yeah, there a were casket two. There were oh two. yeah there was coffins. just it was coffins like, there they're was like old it's probably there. like early 1900s yeah. maybe late 1800s mm-hmm. like type deal because it's it's a very unique mausoleum because mm-hmm. it's red brick and mortar yeah with the metal door and then these are like wooden coffins yeah like, like these are old school old school and they even have like metal locks on them because like you can kind of see in there yeah yeah <laughs> and um yeah, that was that was interesting. And then I was like, oh, hey, when we were talking about Griffin, when I looked up mm-hmm. uh, about it, whenever we talked about, you know, doing this and the cemetery where the mass grave was is like you can't go into that cemetery, the Rock Creek one. Mm-hmm. I think you have to park and walk. OK. And David was like, we need to find out if we're actually allowed over there before you yeah. just start walking over there. Yeah. Yeah. Because I got kicked out of Griffin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She decided she wanted to go take pictures of it, parks in front of it. Yeah. And gets out and starts taking pictures of it. The security card came up to her and was like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was so nice <laughs> was, about it. He was this little, yeah, little was black nice guy. He was it. like, what are you doing? And I said, <laughs> taking pictures of the outside. And he just starts shaking his head. And I said, am I not allowed to? And he goes, no, honey, you're not. <laughs> oh, my said, God. They sent me down here to run you off. Oh, <laughs> my like, God. Okay, and this bye. was this was like the big buildings. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. This was oh, the big, and he okay. was in the car because, you mm-hmm. know, he's haunted. Yeah, by the, by the coffin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. And the rest of the day, I just had this like 
tingly Feeling like between yeah. his shoulder Tints blades. This between my shoulder blades. I had to, I had to sage him and shit. That's so creepy. Oh yeah, I went to the crazy people storm, but crazy people stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not crazy, David. Wild people. We're the wild, wild toxin. Did you see that meme? Toxin mud and rock language. That's yes. Me. Yeah. That's, yeah. Exactly. We're, we're those people. So, <laughs> yeah. um, but so we go to Griffin, and I get out, and I'm walking towards the building, and as I'm taking pictures of it. I start hearing music, mm-hmm. like weird classical sounds, like a warbly, like old... it's playing on a Victrola. Yes, mm-hmm. and I was like, what the "That's fuck? that's spooky." <laughs> I Real was quick, like, "Okay, you know the word Victrola or whatever it's yeah. called? Uh, that's where the word uh, Motorola comes from." Really? Yeah, because they originally made portable record players. <gasps> I didn't know that. Yeah. I told you he knows really Fun weird fact. shit. I know extremely <laughs> obscure and random stupid yeah. shit. He's like he's like a Dale from Tucker and Dale. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's all up here. I remember it in my brain. <laughs> I need to watch that. You got to watch it. It's fucking funny. So one of the things that I, I really wanted to focus on in this episode uh, is the conditions and some of the treatments okay. that were used. Because I feel like I, I'm a huge advocate for mental health and I... Mm-hmm. Um, I take this stuff very seriously, and I think it's important to look at where we came from. <laughs> no and, shit, you know, and not go of, backwards, exactly, go forwards. Yeah. So, uh, according to an article from the Oklahoma, at one time in the fifties, the population at the hospital was three thousand people. Three Jesus in the fifties. Yes. yes, they described it as like a miniature city because one of the things that D. W. Griffin liked to do was have people do work as their therapy he felt like physical activity was a huge part of being well which i agree with yeah but unless you're a psychopath like you're like working at a daycare no 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 no, no farming oh, farming oh, okay yeah, oh, farming yeah that's a little safer so so anyway one of the things that he really believed was that work therapy was very good for you physical activity like working the dairy farm working the fields that had whatever crops in them you know like yeah, there was yeah, a yeah. whole bunch of that work therapy kind of stuff and there's some like controversy i think over it's kind of slave labor like right you know, it's not it's like is it really therapeutic or is it or were you, you know, benefiting from this exactly, like yeah. and so not paying of, people yeah because yeah. i can i can see both sides of it because i can see that yes physical activity when you are dealing well, with mental and illness i think is like very, with mental health you have to consider is that a lot of people who have certain mental health issues like certain like super deep depression you mm-hmm. want to feel like you're a part of something yes and i feel like work that would help. feel useful yeah that would yeah. like i feel like that's why certain types of people are drawn to cults mm-hmm. yeah sense of community sense yes. of you yeah. know whatever sense of belonging yeah like, and maybe that's mm-hmm. kind of what his thinking was but maybe. yeah, it, yeah. Could, it could get pretty um it could get dicey yeah for sure so in uh in the 50s at the time conditions reported there as at many similar institutions of the area were grim with overcrowding inadequate heating and cooling Mm -hmm. and use of electric and insulin shock therapy sterilizations lobotomies and other approaches now considered inhumane oh yeah let's just practice eugenics that's a great idea yes eugenics was being practiced yeah so um and the other thing was patients might remain there for months or years 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 which okay so i i want to tell a story about when i have been in the hospital one time um so i uh 2012 i became suicidal and um i when that happens because i know that that is a part of the disorder that i deal with Mm -hmm. i feel like i do a really good job now of managing it but one of the things i do is 
I tell someone in immediately, I need to go somewhere because I am not safe from myself right now. Right. And so anyway, at the time, uh, the best option, I guess, was this place called Cedar Ridge out on 50th. Not laughing out- at you. I'm laughing at your face, by the way. Oh, my God. Amazing. No, girl, you can laugh because this is this is a horror story. So <laughs> like uh, I um super, super, extremely depressed. And I went my doctor told me to go out there. Mm hmm. She didn't know a whole lot about it. I don't think. Um, I think how that many how many mental institutions or mental, mental health inst- facilities? Mental health. Thank you. Yeah. I was like, I probably uh, shouldn't call them institutions. So there are in Oklahoma. I'm not sure how many there are now, but it, it's a lot. Like it's a lot more than just it, the okay. One. Okay, yeah. it wasn't like. But I mean, is it like like you only have like five options? Because I still, yeah, I still think we don't mm-hmm. have as many options mm-hmm. as say like probably California. The, just right now, I'm gonna say right now for anybody who needs that kind of help, the best option I would suggest is the Decisions Program at Integris, okay. or there is a place out on Memorial that is super nice, super new. Um, that I've heard really good things about. I have never personally been there, but I cannot think of the name of it. Springs, something Springs, I think. Um, I'd probably know it if I saw it. Mental health facility, Oklahoma. Because I'm thinking like 2012, there's probably, and in Oklahoma, which we don't really have the best Oakwood Springs. Oakwood Springs. Oakwood yep, Springs. that sounds right. Okay, yeah. Oakwood Springs, if you've got to be inpatient, I would tell you, go there. Right. Do not go anywhere else. So anyway, I um, ended up at Cedar Ridge, and I, you know, like, everything's groovy. I'm checking in, and then once I get inside, so, like, they put me in a room with an, another young woman, um, and our beds are basically uh, more narrow than a twin bed. Like a cot? It's like a prison bed. Yeah, like a cot. Yeah, exactly. Like there's a mattress that's about three inches thick on top of it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so the, and it's like covered in. I say that like I've been to prison. I've not been in <laughs> yeah. prison. I've known a lot of people in yeah. prison, by the way. I mean, it's <laughs> like, okay, to give you an idea, when Andreas was last here, he showed us pictures of Norwegian prisons. Mm-hmm. Norwegian prisons are nicer than Oklahoma City mental health facilities. Not shocked. Yes. I mean, so, that, that yeah. should be shocking and sad. Yeah. But it's not shocking. It is sad. So and one of the other problems that I have identified myself in the mental health system that we have currently here is they if you are dealing with addiction and if you are dealing with mental health, they put you together. Mm -hmm. They don't separate the people that are withdrawing from the people that are there trying to prevent a suicide. So you are basically, it's basically like you cannot get the individualized care that you need. Right. Because there it's is just this, all, it's the, all of just these a people. big group. It's yeah, this big, right. huge group of people with very different problems. And it's not, there's not a lot of productivity in the treatment because it's like you're dealing with this one guy who is withdrawing from alcohol and he's still drunk and he's being loud and mean to everyone. And then you've got this girl who's dealing with schizophrenia who is still seeing things in her room. And, like, fighting so, with yeah, herself. You got, yes. you got the guy puking from yes, yeah. withdrawing the, the girl puking because she thinks she's got demons in it's, her. Yes, it's like you are dealing with all of that at right. once, and it's understaffed. It's just, I mean, it's a nightmare. So, anyway, right. like, that's basically the situation you're looking at. And you're also put in there, too, with people that are there for... Um, court ordered slash criminal reasons oh lovely yes so you are i mean you you're so they're not necessarily people who are 
like who want to be there, be there yes. like who are like hey i'm kind of a danger to myself they're kind of better. like grudging there yes there's a and, lot of that and, a lo- a and lot probably angry yes a lot of anger um yeah it is i i mean it's like okay so here here's a story to illustrate for you so when i was at cedar ridge there was the girl that i shared a room with and there was this guy who had taken an interest in her he was about 35 to 40 this girl that i was rooming with was 18 oh gross and she was very vulnerable i you know i was about 26 at the time this guy he's like flirting with her in a weird way and like you know like it's and like just, if you're gonna because, pick up yeah, chicks yeah, yeah. mental health <laughs> yeah Sorry, that's where i'm gonna pick that's up where i'm gonna, yeah yeah especially because like you're at your best like you know <laughs> right? like yeah everybody's at their best everybody's there. at their best what better Shining place to be somebody great yes you know. we all look great in our pajamas that they have taken the drawstrings out of like <laughs> you don't you know, even have uh, yeah. underwire in your no bra. you don't have i that's yeah. another thing so when i got there the uh this uh, gentleman helped me and he was going through my bag because they go through all your stuff to make mm-hmm. sure you don't have anything that you could hurt yourself with like you know a drawstring in your pants or uh underwire in your bra or any of uh, in your hoodie anything like that and he was like he was like oh honey these are victoria's secret bras and he was like i'm only gonna cut one of them and i'll keep the other one back here for you and because he, he was like he said we'll wash it like he yeah, was like yeah, yeah. i'm not gonna cut this second one and i was like thank you you're so like much. yeah because yeah. that's a really expensive bra and that's I what he said yeah, yeah you got to actually take your own clothes though. yes you yeah. do get to take your own clothes yeah so um and you are without your cell phone that is taken from you right. immediately yeah um you have no way to contact the outside world aside from the phone that is at the nurse's station that you get to use for i believe 10 minutes once a day jesus yes so you are isolated from your family you're isolated from your support system which i feel like is not necessarily like it's i understand not the best. i understand like if you're doing rehab mm-hmm. i understand why they do it in rehab yes, to yes, keep I do, you yes. away from like bad influences exactly yeah and so you that, that you can deconstruct kind of... everything that you're in your world that's toxic mm-hmm. you need time away from that yes. but like if you're dealing with a mental health crisis mm-hmm. yes let's take away your entire support system and mm-hmm. not let you have them except like maybe x amount of minutes a yes, day exactly that's terrifying so back to the story about the guy who was kind of like preying on this girl that i was in there with um we're all playing scrabble and he uh we all start talking about like it's kind of like that prison conversation like what are you in for kind of a thing right and i so i'm like yeah i'm i'm really depressed like i'm trying to get my life sorted out you know blah 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 blah. she's like yeah i, I found out recently i have like schizoaffective disorder and i'm trying to like get my head on straight and everything mm-hmm. and then this guy he's like yeah well i have anger issues and i was like oh yeah me too and then he goes yeah like really bad road rage and i was like oh yeah me too and then he goes yeah like this guy cut me off on the highway so i followed him home and set his house on fire and I, you're like, I've got to say, I've thought about it. <laughs> yeah, 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 same, same. I've I, never done that. I'm not but saying I've I do thought it. About like, it. Like, I, get I, how will, I, I will understand. say, David, yes. David might have anger issues inside of the Walmart. Yes, we don't go true. into the yeah. Walmart together because he yeah. might set it on fire. I've yeah. never done anything like that. Yeah, I've just set some things. Yeah, but I'm, and the only reason I tell that story is to give you an idea that like it's not like it's all different. It's all different. Yeah. Like it's people who are there because a judge said you have to go here or you're. <laughs> going to prison like you know that kind of stuff there's people like clearly that and then there's that guy got yes, told yeah i'm gotta clearly. go and he was eh. super like creepy to that girl yeah. and like just i i didn't i protected her the whole time i was there but Good for um you man that's and scary i remember a doctor sat me down and he was like he was like you come from a good family um i don't know why you're here 
what the fuck really he like said you that, can yeah. come from good shit and still have you don't a have chemical. enough issues that's what yeah. he said basically and yeah. i and i just kind of stared at him and then like i realized at that point that i was not going to get the help that i needed there and so right. i was just like i'm going to start lying so i was like i'm just going to lie i'm going to tell him i'm fine and i'm going to say whatever i have to to get out of here so the next day i went in to see him and i was like you know what i thought about what you said and i am a super privileged white girl and like I don't belong here. Like I am better. Like I am cured. And he I'm was cured. like, I'm not going to off myself. Please send me home. And he was like, okay, wow. And they yeah. wonder why, you know, we have a middle mental class health. Yeah. families is, you know, it's the biggest demographic for suicide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have enough reasons to be depressed exactly. and want to kill yourself. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it was, it was a nightmare. And like one of the other things that happened while I was there was I got a, uh, an ear infection and the ear infection caused my lymph node to swell up the size of a golf ball. Oh, Jesus. And at night, when I realized, like, hey, I have some kind of infection that's making my lymph node swell up, and I think it's my ear because it hurts and everything, the nurse was like, okay, well, the doctor will see, the medical doctor will see you in the morning. So I go to bed, and one of the things about being in a mental hospital is that they wake you up mm-hmm. at six or seven in the morning. Like, they are like, no, get out of bed. Like, Schedules. It's, it's like prison, I have, basically. I have a cat that does that. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like that, but like meaner. <laughs> well, I mean, this is pretty mean cat. <laughs> That's true. That is true. <laughs> but uh, so I woke up and like the sun is up and it's like 11 o'clock. And I'm like, how did I sleep yes, until I 11 o'clock? Why did no one come get me? And I go to the nurse's station. I was like, I'm supposed to see the doctor this morning. And she said, well, you slept in. You don't get to see the doctor today. Oh, my God. Yes. They, yeah, yeah. Here, have an infection and yeah. like just die. And I showed her. I showed her. And she was like, well, you should have gotten up. And I'm like, with what alarm? Like, yeah, I don't have yeah, a clock. Yeah, you're afraid you're going to have and strangle myself with, with a fucking alarm so yeah. I don't have one. Exactly. Where's like, the where, bell that's dinging And I don't have my phone. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, it was, it was a total, that place was a disaster. And like, when I got out of there, like six months later, they, I think, got in big trouble because they didn't actually have a license to be treating adults. Oh, wow. well, that's nice. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a huge thing on the news. But anyway, so that kind of gives you a little glimpse into what treatment was like for me in 2012. Um, but I will say, if you have issues right now and you need help, go to Decisions at Integris because it is a day treatment. Mm-hmm. You go there. You basically go there for your work day. Yeah. You get to go home at night. Yeah. You get to be with your support system. You get to reflect on the things that you're processing and learning. I did that. More help than I ever got in any hospitalization situation. Right. Like, cause I feel like in the hospitalization situations, they just want to sedate you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's not just like, you. if it's like extreme and you know that if you go home, you're going to kill yourself. Yeah. Maybe you ought yes. to be inpatient on watch. Is good. Yes. Inpatient is necessary sometimes. Um, but if you got to do inpatient, go to Oakwood Springs. Right. Don't be going to Cedar Ridge if it's still even open. <laughs> but anyway, so don't be um, going there. They treat you like a criminal. So okay, so this part, um, this might be triggering for people that have uh mental illness because I know that it's it was emotional for me to read this, but we're gonna talk about some of the treatments that they did at the time and like the eugenics and stuff like that. Right. So one of the things was electroshock therapy. Um so from Wikipedia, electroconvulsive therapy, ECT, formerly known as electroshock therapy, is a psychiatric treatment in which seizures in the brain without muscular convulsions are electrically induced in patients to provide relief from mental disorders. Typically, 70 to 120 volts are applied externally to the patient's head, resulting in approximate, approximately 800 
milliampers of direct current pass through the brain for 100 milliseconds to six seconds duration, either from temple to temple bilateral ECT or from front to back of one side of the head unilateral ECT. Um, so this was first practiced in 1938 by an Italian psychiatrist, uh, Ugo Cerletti, and um, it was rapidly re it rapidly replaced less safe and less effective forms of biological treatments in use at the time, which is kind of crazy to me. But, That's um, nuts, because they're like, yeah. here, let me light you up, Sparky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is way safer. <laughs> it is still used today. I actually know someone who went through this. Um, God damn. It's terrifying to me. Yeah. Uh, because like I've heard they use it on autistic kids. Like I don't, certain, I've never heard that. I, I have heard, I don't know how true that is mm -hmm. because you know, sometimes you read stuff and you don't know who the hell's talking read about this it. thing on Facebook that the sky retweeted. <laughs> this group. Yeah, 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 yeah. On a different you never site. Know. You never and know. He's seen um, it on Reddit. But and he and his cousin's it. sister but said I swear, yes. I swear it was on a news site, but I cannot be sure. But I was like reading this thing, like just kind of scrolling through mm -hmm. And uh, it was talking about, like, severe autism. Like, yeah. they were, like, doing it to, like, stop okay. the fits. Okay. But I don't know yeah. if that was, like, somebody had, like, been like, hey, maybe we should do this. Yeah. Or if it was some sort of situation where they got caught doing it. But I remember reading something about it. And I was like, that does not sound like a good idea, personally. <laughs> yeah. And, like, the the, um, the FDA uh reclassified this as a class two device for treatment of catatonia major depressive disorder and bipolar disorder in 2018 so like what? and i know people who've had this done i know at least one person and it did help her i but i i do not here's my problem with it okay mm -hmm. so one of the things that you experience with this you can experience is memory loss of events prior to electro mm -hmm. shock therapy and memory loss of events that happen afterwards. Yeah, so you can basically be like dementiaed. Yeah, yeah, like you which can, is scary. That's so scary. So it can it's happen. It's gotta be extreme. Yeah. Like it yes, would be it something. It be, would be like an extreme. It's like your last you resort. Want. Yes, yeah, exactly. And um, I walked in on my parents naked. I need electroshock. <laughs> that makes me think of that episode of King of the Hill when Hank uh, sees his he dad and, or sees his mom. Yeah, and his eyes are like pointing to different <laughs> yeah. directions. He tries to he, drive. Yeah, he just gets in the truck <laughs> yes. like it's normal. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. And he's like, and then the doctor's like, "Did you poke yourself in the eye? You can tell me." Like you know, and he's like, <laughs> oh, "No, nope, nope, <laughs> no, I didn't." Um, oh god. So yeah. Okay. So here, to me, is the most terrifying aspect of EC. I'm going to read all of this and then I'm going to summarize it. Okay. Despite decades of research, the exact mechanism of action of ECT remains elusive. Neuroimaging studies in people who have had ECT investigating differences between responders and non-responders and people who relapse find that responders have anticonvulsant effects, mostly in the frontal lobes, which corresponds to immediate responses and neurotrophic effects Primarily in the med medial temporal lobe, the anticonvulsant effects are decreased blood flow and decreased metabolism while the blah, 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 blah. Here's what it says on the Mayo Clinic, paraphrased by me. No one fucking knows how or why this helps. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was getting whenever you yeah. were like, yeah. there's not really a great study on how or why. That's, that's right. like the best part of like science and medical stuff is <laughs> yeah. like whenever they go, 
we don't know how this works. We just know it does. Don't touch it. Exactly. Yeah. It's like this <laughs> no little thanks. terrifying. That's the kind of stuff where I'm like, I'm going to take my chances with death. Yeah. Bye. And like, that's scary. And they do it under general anesthesia. Um, right. So like, like you're not like not, feeling it. Yeah. And, but I think it's, I, to me, it's a very scary, like last resort kind of thing. I'd and I think that, I bet that's like the ultimate head rush though yeah if you're awake oh god like, oh man it probably feels like you're dying i don't remember a thing now oh my you god you ever been shocked just think about that that's Times a horrible feeling long, i hate that yeah however long it would take and just feel like it would be in your brain yeah no oh, man i remember uh i think it was in some empty house we was working in mm-hmm. and i reached into the bathroom to turn on the light and there was no cover there oh god and i reached in yeah and touched it and it was just like my whole arm just ugh. yeah i can feel it just thinking like about hurt it and then went numb no it's i mean it's like pain and then yeah it's like a it's a different kind of pain it's mm-hmm. tenseness yeah it's weird Ooh. i don't so, know it's been a long time since i've been shocked i've been shocked by a cattle prod i don't recommend that. On, that doesn't sound fun <laughs> hold on there there might be a story there <laughs> did you get shocked by a cattle prod really yeah by who? Why? By my uncle. <laughs> Your uncle did that to you? Yeah, he was a dick. Were you a child? Yeah. How old? I don't remember. I think I was like seven or eight. Uh, we're not, we were <laughs> in the garage. He was mean. He used to shoot paintballs at me too and throw Chinese stars at me. Like he, he was a little bit of a psycho. Like the sharp Chinese throwing stars? Yeah. Okay, yeah, he's a psycho. <laughs> well, yeah. like, then he got into a wreck, and then he got way nicer. So <laughs> he might good. not remember, but, yeah, it was, I was like, what the fuck? That's so mean. <laughs> oh, my God. So one of the other treatments that they would use, which I think is, this is this one's real scary, too, is insulin shock therapy. So according to Wikipedia, oh. insulin coma therapy was a labor-intensive mm-hmm. treatment that required trained staff in a special unit. Patients who were almost invariably diagnosed with schizophrenia were selected on the basis of having a good prognosis and the physical strength to withstand an arduous treatment jesus like basically Christ. they picked people they knew it wouldn't kill yeah yeah well, we're so, trying to avoid a malpractice suit come yeah. let us put you into a coma yeah because you're so difficult well, to deal at with at least mm-hmm. they took the time to evaluate people and weren't just like well let's just keep trying it on people if on they die, let's just yeah. get another one <laughs> well yeah, maybe they got true. sued and that's why they quit maybe so. who knows um so there were no standard guidelines for this treatment different hospitals and psychiatrists developed their own protocols typically injections were administered six days a week for about two months um, the wow. daily insulin dose was gradually increased to 100 to 150 units until comas were produced, at which point the dose would be leveled out. Occasionally, doses of up to 450 units were used. After about 50 to 60 comas or earlier, if the psychiatrist thought that maximum benefit had been achieved, the dose of insulin was rapidly reduced before the treatment was stopped. Courses of up to two years have been documented. After the insulin injection, patients would experience various, various symptoms of decreased blood glucose, flushing pallor, pallor perspiration, salivation, drowsiness, or restlessness. Soper and coma, if the dose was high enough, would follow. Each coma would last for up to an hour and be terminated by intravenous glucose or via nasogastric tube. Seizures sometimes occurred before or during the coma. Many would be tossing, rolling, moaning, twitching, spasming, or thrashing around. And it goes on to say that some psychiatrists at the time viewed seizures as therapeutic. Wow. Like, so, What's the reasoning here? Like... Uh- 
Well, we're going to put you in a co- Look, I seen this thing on TV. <laughs> yes, exactly. They were in a coma. They had a spirit journey and they were better afterwards. <laughs> we're going to send you on a vision quest. Is yeah, that, it's like I mean, here. We're going to put, we're gonna put you in a sweat hut with some peyote and, and you'll happens. come out. You'll come out. Different. Different. I don't know if you'll be better, we're but you'll be different. Only yeah. instead of peyote, it was insulin Insulin. yeah Yeah. like we're just gonna put you to sleep like what the fuck man and like like i said sterilization which basically exactly what it sounds like eugenics you Mm -hmm. know like that was kind of they were really clean (laughs) no no (laughs) not coronavirus sterilization (laughs) they weren't lysol mace in the place no i wish sterilized all the time yes (laughs) they were they were they were ball lopping and uh taking out taking out hysterectomy kind yeah, of stuff. yeah yeah so uh and then the most horrific uh the lobotomy so from wikipedia a lobotomy or leukotomy i think is how you say it uh is a form of psychosurgery a neurological treatment of mental a mental disorder that involves severing connections in the brain's prefrontal cortex most of the connections to and from the prefrontal cortex and the anterior part of the frontal lobes of the brain are severed it was used for mental disorders and occasionally other conditions as mainstream procedure in some western countries for more than two decades despite general recognition of frequent and serious side effects mm-hmm. while some people experienced symptomatic improvement with the operation the improvements were achieved at a, the cost of creating other impairments the procedure was controversial from its initial use in part due to the balance between benefits and risks today lobotomy has become a disparaged procedure and byword for medical barbarism and an exemplary instance of the medical trampling of patients rights um so mm-hmm. effects Historically, patients of lobotomy were immediately following surgery, often stuporous, confused, and incontinent. Yep. They could no longer control they, their bladder. Yeah, that's why they call them lobotomized. Like, whenever mm-hmm. you get, uh, like, if you butcher stuff, it's like, well, they lobotomized that. Yeah, yeah they sure the fuck did. Mm-hmm. Although, I will say that's Oriana's, like, favorite word is, <laughs> she's like, what, did you have a lobotomy? Oh, my like, gosh. <laughs> I guess that's an insult. I don't fucking know. Oh my gosh. Uh, So some developed an enormous appetite and gained considerable weight. Seizures were another common complication of surgery. I was going to say, I thought that they used to do lobotomies for epilepsy, but then they discovered that didn't actually help. They might have. Um, so the, but the I purpose, could be lying. The purpose of the operation was, of course, to reduce the symptoms of mental disorders, and it was recognized that this was accomplished at the expense of a person's personality and intellect. Yeah. British psychiatrist Morris Partridge, who conducted a follow-up study of 300 patients, said that the treatment achieved its effects by, quote, reducing the complexity of psychic life. Following the operation, spontaneity, responsiveness, self-awareness, and self-control were reduced. The activity was replaced by inertia, and people were left emotionally blunted and restricted in their intellectual range. The consequences of the operation have been described as mixed. Some patients died as a result of the operation, and others later committed suicide. Some were left severely brain damaged. Others were able to leave the hospital or become more manageable within the hospital. A few people managed to return to responsible work, while at the other extreme, people were left with severe and disabling impairments. Most people fell into an intermediate group left with some improvement of their symptoms, but also with emotional and intellectual deficits to which they made a better or worse adjustment. On average, there was a mortality rate of approximately 5% during the 1940s. Um, and as far as the personality um, and their ability to function independently, it basically like eliminated that. Um, 
they, uh, let's see, lobotomy patients often showed a marked reduction of initiative and inhibition. They may mm -hmm. exhibit difficulty putting themselves in the position of others because of decreased cognition and detachment from society. So there was this guy, um, Walter Freeman, who coined the term surgically induced childhood. That's what I was about to say. I was about to be like, they basically turn you into a helpless toddler. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the operation left people with an infantile personality. A period of maturation would then, according to Freeman, lead to recovery. Um, in an unpublished memoir, he described how the person, the quote, personality of the patient was changed in some way in the hope of rendering him more amenable to the social pressures under which he is supposed to exist. Um, he described one 29-year-old woman as being following a lobotomy, a smiling, lazy, and satisfactory patient with the personality of an oyster who could not remember Freeman's name and endlessly poured coffee from an empty pot. When her parents had difficulty dealing with her behavior, Freeman advised a system of rewards, ice cream, and punishment smacks. Wow. What a monster. Okay. Right? So like, like you've, you've basically reduced them to just like a walking shell. Yes. Yeah. Of a human. Like took everything so, from them that made them them. So it was basically scramble the brain up mm -hmm. and then just treat them like a dog. Re rebuild them. Yeah. Yeah. From, you know, childhood. Yeah. Pavlovianly train these. Like, I mean, I can, I can made. see where they were trying to go with this. Yeah. But like you imagine you've damaged the brain. There's no rebuilding. It. Right. Well, I mean, I mean, I guess they didn't know that. Well, that, I mean, that's why it took, you know, time for recovery. It was, you know, other parts of the brain taking over the parts that are gone. Mm -hmm. So oh, this, this Freeman, this Freeman guy, this monster, um, <laughs> This guy, basically, he created the 10-minute transorbital lobotomy, which is known as the ice pick lobotomy. And he oh. performed this as basically a sideshow. Like, he would roll into town. He performed, he, uh, he would go on to perform 2,500 lobotomies, and he was known as a showman. He once performed 25 lobotomies in one day, and to shock his audience, he also liked to insert picks in both eyes simultaneously. So, like, if you don't know how an ice pick lobotomy works, it's basically they they stick the ice pick into the corner of your eye and scramble, like, what's behind it in your brain. Um, but, yeah, it, uh, yeah, like, he would render them unconscious by electroshock, and then he would use the ice pick. Um, well, I'm glad I only took 10 minutes. That way, you, yeah. you know, you can get your oil changed. <laughs> oh, my God. You get your, you know, your tires rotated. Yeah, get just, that lobotomy. You know, while you wait. <laughs> yeah. Here, I'll just drop this. You know, yeah. my wife, my daughter, kid that's difficult, son, yeah, whoever, grandpa, mm -hmm. you know, you get and lobotomized. I'll, I'll go do my back. shopping, I'll pick you up afterwards. Yep, yeah. I mean, it's like <laughs> it, it was done like it was no big deal, like yeah. it was just like it was just a it was it done was like taking some flonase in the morning, not yeah, a big deal. Not a big We're deal. just gonna hit you right behind the eyeball and you'll be. Right as rain. So one, uh, a famous person who actually had a lobotomy was Rosemary Kennedy in the Kennedy family. Okay. She suffered, I believe, from bipolar disorder, and they had her lobotomized. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. a real good way to, you know, cure yeah. bipolar. And I feel like that was, like, 40s, 50s, maybe. I mean, it's not that long ago. Like, when you think about it, psychiatry is really new in its infancy. Yeah. Like, you know, like, it's... It, yeah, but like so, some horrific shit was done to these people. Um, mm -hmm. Well, it's it's kind of like whenever we had that industrial boom. Once you figure out like the big thing, suddenly things start clicking into place, and we do yeah. make big advances exactly very yeah. quickly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's like it's so like wild to think about how much like psychiatry has changed in the last hundred years. Even mm-hmm. it's just it's it's nuts. But um, but yeah, and like we we're talking about the work therapy situation. So there's a little more information on that um, from an Oklahoman article. Uh, there were there was a behind the gates of Griffin. There was a bakery, a cannery, and a dairy farm. Uh, they actually had chicken houses, a hog farm, a laundry, and an ice plant. And a power plant. Um, so it was entirely self-sufficient. Basically, yes. Yeah, it was like this little mini city is what a guy in the article, Duran Crosby, who's the were chief. Were they like selling their wares or were they just using it at the facility? Probably both. Probably both, yeah. Okay. I'm not really sure. But um, yeah, the patients actually worked on the farm and it was considered part of their treatment, which is what this guy, uh, Duran Crosby, who is the chief executive officer of the Oklahoma Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services. Um, but yeah, it's... And actually, you know the Sutton Wilderness area? Yeah. Okay, so that... Um, I believe it's in the Sutton Wilderness area. There is a pond that still has catfish in it. And it's from the catfish that were there way back when that they, like, ate. They would catch them and eat. And you can actually, like, fish there, I believe. So, Dave, (laughs) you you can fish there. (laughs) Going to go catch some um, sanatorium catfish. Catfish. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But it's, I mean, gosh, it's it's wild. But, yeah, like, I I couldn't really find anything about hauntings. Um, I did find a post on Reddit that... Somebody took a picture of a room in the administrative building that still to this day has been preserved as it was in like the 50s or 60s. I'd and like to know how the hell they got in there because I got they ran off. There. Oh, they worked there. Well, maybe I ought to apply in the, in the administrative <laughs> building. Yeah. Be like, so, I'm here to work as a janitor for five days so that I can come in and take pictures. Thank yeah. you. Bye. I'm here to do lobotomies. Oh, my God. It's so horrifying. Yeah, but, it um, is. Um, I couldn't find, uh, like, the only thing uh, that I found about hauntings was that I think a lot of the haunting stuff is tied to that fire. Probably. They, they, they think a lot of the stuff, and then the story that you personally had, that was one of the only things I've ever heard. Yeah, and I was just like, okay, someone's listening to some weird fucking music, and mm-hmm. then, like, as I got closer, I was like, that sounds like it's coming out of this open building. Yeah okay that's a little oh, weird that's but so so creepy oh i was my just gosh. like whatever i ain't afraid of no ghosts yeah <laughs> i am <laughs> yeah we we know he is, he is. we all know what is it we i know. said marnie ghosts don't scare me it's the bullets that uh people might shoot at me, that scare it, yeah. me. that's what jonetta always tells me when i'm about to take her somewhere to go on a like haunted adventure but yeah i'm so, like i got salt we're good yeah. i just don't want no bullets hitting me same, out in the middle of nowhere same yeah, so I think that's about all I've got. I mean, thank you both for being here and doing this with me. It was super fun. Dave's like your number one fan, so yeah. he, got to, yeah. he got to be on the podcast. Yeah, Woo-hoo. so uh, we actually, you and I, have a book club podcast coming out. Yes, we you wanna... It's called The Fireside Fables, and your hosts are The Smut Hose, which is me, <laughs> Marnie, Marissa, and katie yes and we had so much fun recording that we did it it was it was a great time and uh we will be releasing that on november 15th Mm -hmm. and the first one is about mexican gothic yep yeah so if you want to read mexican gothic before it comes out i would encourage you to do it it's a crazy yeah because it's full of spoilers yeah it's full of spoilers (laughs) you're gonna want to read it before or just listen to it to be entertained so yeah 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 yeah. yeah. whatever 
but yeah so um also you guys go subscribe on patreon i um i'm putting stuff out there i'm putting the eerily enough podcast out there i've done uh three episodes with Johnetta, an episode with katie and i've got an episode coming up um that i'm gonna do this week i think and uh you can support me on there get all kinds of cool groovy stuff uh but and whenever i get to 30 patrons i'm gonna start doing a once a month like live stream so cool i think we're at 11 right now so we need about 19 more but yeah, yeah. so get anyway subscribing uh yeah get subscribing go buy those books i love it when you all buy the books <laughs> i love signing them for you guys um and follow me on instagram at irioki facebook is the same and join the facebook group and Johnetta, do you want to plug your instagram oh yeah you can follow me i am at colette c-o-l-l-e-t-t-e -T -T -E, carmen c-a-r-m-o-n I am also on Twitter, but I'm mostly on Instagram and Facebook, and you can find me on Amazon. Yes. Same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you. Also, I'm so sorry I forgot, but a shout out to three special patrons, Ashley, Phil, and Alicia. Thank you guys for your constant support. I couldn't do it without you. And y'all stay spooky. Ah.